Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Today we're continuing our message series on the miracles of Jesus. And I really hope that you're enjoying the series. If you've missed any one of them, you can always go to our website and listen to the previous messages. And today we're going to continue looking at another one. And I really wish we had the time to explore every miracle of Jesus, but we just don't have the time to do that. As we see that there's over 37 documentations of miracles throughout the New Testament. But there are countless more than that. But I want to start by, by you know, going over again and, and asking, you know, what exactly is a miracle? You know, we, we kind of have this idea what it is, but what does the dictionary say a miracle is? Well, it says that a miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explainable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. Or I like this definition as well. It's a highly improbable or extraordinary event, development, or accomplishment that brings very welcome consequences. Don't you love how the dictionary just like fluffs everything up? Like a miracle is something that God has done in my life. Only something that God can do. Very welcome consequence. What is that? It's amazing. That's what it is. That's what a miracle is. And we've been looking at these different miracles. And I believe that we serve a God that did many miracles. I believe that through the, through the entire Bible, we have story after story of God doing miracles in the Old Testament and through the New Testament as well. But I don't believe that when the canon of Scripture was closed, that miracles ceased. I believe that miracles are still able and still happen today. I believe we serve a God who is alive, a God who, who cares for each and every one of us, and miracles still can happen today. And I hope that through this message series that your faith is on the increase, that you're believing God for a miracle to take place in your life. But miracles are not just so that God can bless us, but ultimately miracles are so that God can be glorified. To Miracles display God's power. The miracles display things that only God is capable of doing. That as the, the, the Webster's Dictionary says, that they're welcome consequences. That's only something God can do. That is a miracle. That no man can do it. No person, no machine can do it. Only God can perform a miracle. So miracles are to show and to display God's power and who he is, what he's capable of. But miracles also display God's love for his creation. They display who God is and ultimately that God can be glorified through each and every one of them. Miracles show indeed that God cares. They strengthen our faith. They encourage us. And they give glory to God. I want to share a miracle with you this morning that happened just last year to a 10-year-old girl in Texas. As a matter of fact, I've got a video. Go ahead and play that. Doctors caring for an 11-year-old girl in Texas say they are mystified. The girl was diagnosed with a rare brain tumor, but now for reasons doctors cannot explain, she is cancer-free. Dr. Tara Narula has the story. When 11-year-old Roxley Doss was diagnosed with what appeared to be a rare inoperable brain tumor in June, she faced it with courage. 
Some 300 children in the U.S. are diagnosed with this particular brain tumor, DIPG, each year. There's no cure, and less than 1% survive beyond five years. It is a devastating disease. You have decreased ability to swallow, sometimes vision loss, decreased ability to talk, eventually difficulty with um, breathing. Roxley was given months to live. As she went through weeks of radiation, her parents, Scott and Gina Doss, prayed for a miracle. We got it. Yeah, <laughs> we did. For sure. <laughs> Praise God, we did. <laughs> Typically, radiation is a life-extending treatment, not a cure. But just over two months after being diagnosed, the tumor appeared to have completely gone away. It was actually uh, unbelievable. The tumor is undetectable on the MRI scan, which is very unusual. While doctors remain extremely cautious about her long-term prognosis, for now, Roxley is just as active as she ever was. For the Doss family, Christmas came a little early this year. Dr. Taryn Arula, CBS News, New York. Give God praise. The doctors had never seen anything like that happen. That's a miracle. Where there once was a tumor, now there is nothing. What was a death sentence? Now there's life. That family saw a miracle happen in their daughter. There's no explaining it. Trust me, I know. You know as well as I do. The doctors wanted to be able to explain why there is no tumor. You can't. It's a miracle. There's no explaining it no matter how much we try, no matter how much we effort to explain it. You just can't. Miracles are mysterious. <laughs> and today I want to take a look at another miracle that is truly mysterious in a lot of ways. If you want to turn in your Bibles, turn to John chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we'll have it up on the screen for you. John chapter 9, starting at verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was Born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as, as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he's just an imposter. He looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it in on my eyes. And they told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed. And then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. Time and time again throughout the Gospels, we see that Jesus displays his power. 
Jesus displays his power over sickness, over disease, over death, in order to demonstrate that he truly was the Son of God. Miracles inform people that he is and was the Messiah. That there was the idea of who the Messiah was going to be. They all in their mind thought that they knew what the Messiah ultimately was going to do. But they had no idea. They couldn't comprehend that this indeed was going to be the Messiah. That he was going to be able to do all of these things. And so time after time, miracle after miracle, Jesus displayed who he was and who he is and the power that he had. There is no way anyone could explain how this man, blind from birth, was able to see. Indeed a miracle. There is no one one in the area, in the vicinity, in the world that could have done what Jesus did that day. They were traveling on the Sabbath, their day of rest. And they come across this man, blind from birth. And it's important that we see that, that, that we do have a little backstory. That, that being blind from birth, that, that means his entire life. It wasn't just one event that happened. It, from the day he was born, he was never able to see. But the disciples asked the question, Rabbi, what did he do or what did his parents do to cause him to be blind? How many times do you think we ask stupid questions? <laughs> You're anything like me, and like John said, a lot. In the, in the moment, it may not seem like a, a stupid question, but looking back on it, I'm like, out of all the questions the disciples could ask, that's the one they ask? What has he done? The reason why they asked that question is because they had informed thinking. They had dis, they, it, misinformation thinking, rather. That Their process and what they understood is the reason why the result of this This disability in this man's life is because he did something wrong or his parents did something wrong. That's what they believed. You are suffering because of something you've done. Or not even something you've done, but something your parents have done. That's why. So they wanted to know, what did he do or what was it his parents? What did they do? Again, that wouldn't be my question in that moment, but that's what they asked. Jesus has a lot of patience. I'm so thankful he has a lot of patience because there are probably times in my life that that if I were to rewind my life and go, why did I ask that question? But Jesus was patient and he didn't demean them, but he corrects them. And he said that this isn't result of his sin or his parents' sin. That's what they were focused on. And unfortunately, there are people that are... that believe that same logic today, that the reason why people suffer is a result of something that they have done or a result of a generational curse or something that their parents have done. And Jesus quickly dispels that, that this man was not blind from birth because of his sin or his parents. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that he was perfect or his parents were perfect. Obviously, they had sin. But their sin, whatever they had done in their life, that was, his blindness was not a result of any one of those sins. So Jesus corrects them in that moment, corrects their thinking. But there are people that believe that, and, and it's dangerous, and, and, and might I say it's wrong to have that thinking. 
Just because somebody has a disability or something that is wrong with them, they're suffering, does not mean that it is a direct result of some sin or some internal sin that nobody is aware of. That there's something going on in your life. The reason why you're suffering is because of some sin. No, it's, it, yes, I know I'm a sinner, but, but I've asked for forgiveness. That there's nothing that I'm holding on to, but yet there are people that have that logic. And Jesus quickly dispels that. So we should not assume the same thing. That just because someone is suffering or has a disability as a result of their personal sin or their parents' sin or some generational curse. Yes, there can be things that we do and we sin and there are consequences to our sins. I'm not saying that we get off scot-free. Yes, when we do something wrong, just like your kids, if they do something wrong, there's punishment. There's a consequence to their action. What Jesus is saying, it's not because of any of that. He was not born blind because of a sin or the sins of his parents. And we should not assume the same in other people's lives. The truth is we live in a sinful world. A fallen world. Where there's suffering. Where there's sickness. Where there's disease. Do we like that fact? Absolutely not. But it's a reality. Suffering and trials can result of a number of things. And we don't necessarily have to identify why it happened because of the world that we live in. And so Jesus tells the disciples, your logic is all wrong. Your thinking is wrong. He tells them the reason for this situation is so that God, in verse 3, that the works of God might be displayed in him, meaning the man that was blind. The reason why The situation is such, is that God can work and that his glory can be displayed. That's a hard verse to hold on to. Can I I be honest with you? That's a hard verse to hold on to. I think it's something that we as believers, we, there are passages of scripture that, man, there are some that we can just take and we can hold on to. And there are other ones that you go and you're like, that just kind of grips you for a moment. You realize, wait a second, this is saying something a little, there's, there's something deeper here. And I think we as believers would, 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 would serve ourselves well if we hold on to these verses and dig a little deeper and, and wrestle with them to understand exactly what this is saying and what God is speaking to us in this moment. Because this is a hard verse. Because Jesus wasn't saying that the blindness is due to a sin. That's obviously not the case. But God can use the blindness to be glorified. Now, does that mean that the child was born blind and God used the blindness to be ultimately glorified? Or God ordained that the child be blind, that God would be glorified? Where do you want to stand on that one? We need to wrestle with that. I'm not coming up here today and saying this is what I don't have the time to do that. That's more of a, a discussion for another day. But it's something that we need to wrestle with. It's something that we need to understand to see who God is. To me, it doesn't matter one way or the other. It's still God is still God. But yet it's something that we have to, because there are both sides of the argument. But that still doesn't change who God is. There's, there are different schools of thought. But Jesus doesn't see what Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't get focused on one thing. He He moves on. He's not focusing on the why. He's not focusing on all of those things. But ultimately, that God is going to be glorified in this. 
Whether it's because it was sin in the world and sickness happens, yes, it does. But ultimately, God can be glorified in this situation. Jesus pointed the question away from the idea of what and how and all of those things, but what can God do in this? I think it's important that we wrestle, that we struggle with some verses and and things that, that God's word speaks to us. But we don't live there. Unfortunately, sometimes we can. But ultimately, to see what Jesus was doing, he was seeing something bigger through this situation. In this instance, perhaps all that Jesus was focusing on was the answer to the disciples' question. He wasn't going on on that and why was he blind, but yet he pointed the question away from that and what God can do in this. He didn't reveal the reasons. He didn't go into detail and all of those things. It's not about the why. It's about the who. It's not about why he he, he was born blind, but who God is in this. The one thing that I hold firmly is that God can use all things for good. That God can turn bad things into good things to glorify his name. Ultimately, in this man's life, Jesus healed him so that God would be glorified. Here we are over 2,000 years later glorifying the name of God for what he did. That Jesus healed this man What was once a life lived in darkness, now he is able to see. He's able to share with everybody what God did in his life. And everybody knew it. Just going back a couple weeks ago when we talked about Lazarus. Everybody knew that Lazarus was dead. And they could not keep that a secret. Everyone knew this man was blind. There's no way they were going to keep that a secret. There's no way he was going to keep that a secret. That Jesus brought life. To him, he was able to see the light of day. God's power is revealed through a period of time in our lives that that it can happen in an instant, that the miraculous happens just like it did in this man's life. But yet he went years not being able to see, but an instant something happened, but perhaps God was with him the entire time, that God helped sustain him to that point when the miracle happened. Because perhaps there are times that God is doing a miracle in our lives and the miracle isn't in the moment. The miracle is in the waiting. That God is giving us the strength to sustain what we're going through. That in and of itself is a miracle. Because on my own, I could not do this. I could not walk through this situation, but it's God's strength that's helping me and that's in a miracle of itself. We focus on the instantaneous, but yet there are miracles that happen along the way. Through time, God is giving me strength and his power is on display because everybody knows what I'm walking through. Everybody sees what I'm going through. My friends, my family, my neighbor, and they're going, how are you doing this? I'm not doing this. It's God through me. He's sustaining it. It's his power in me. That's the miracle. Miracles can happen in an instant, but miracles may be in us all along because it's God sustaining us through Long times of suffering. He walks with us like we saw in Isaiah this morning. God is so good. Where he drops a verse that I was not even anticipating, but yet it goes right along with the message this morning. 
that God is with us along the way, that he will sustain us through whatever we're facing because he cares for us. There could be no way I can do it on my own. I cannot walk through fire on my own, but I can walk through it with God on my side. God's power is on display in healing and in sustaining. But back to the miracle in this man's life in that moment. Jesus does this miracle in such a unique way and a gross way. I don't. Anytime you say God don't, then he makes us do that. So I'm not going to say don't. I just never envision myself being in a situation where I spit on the ground, make a mud pie, slap it on somebody's eyes, say, now go wash them, and now you're healed. That's gross. Spit is gross. Like, I mean, if you spit on somebody, that's fighting. Like, come on, you don't do that. And yet here he goes, spits on the ground and slaps it in his eyes. And he's healed. I believe one of the reasons why Jesus did this is so we didn't seek a formula for miracles. Because I don't know many people are going to go around just spitting and making mud pies. I don't know many people seeking that. You know what? I'm going to stay away from that prophetic ministry or that healing ministry. They spit on people. I don't know about that. Jesus heals in a variety of ways so we don't seek the formula. But that we seek him. That we seek the healer. The one who is able to perform those miracles. That it wasn't one common theme. Because if that was the case, then we would all try to mimic that. Every person, every believer would try to mimic that. And Jesus tells the man to go. To go to the pool and wash his eyes. Thank you. Yes, please. Can I wash my eyes off? How fast can I get there? And he obeys. He washed the mud from his eyes, and now he was able to see. For the first time in his life, he is able to open his eyes, and he sees light. He sees people. He sees objects that he's only heard of, and now he sees them. The miracles in the Old Testament never record anyone that was blind receiving their sight. The restoring of sight and opening blind eyes is a miracle reserved for the Messiah. Isaiah 35.5, then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Isaiah 42.6 and 7, I the Lord have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison and release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness, the Messiah is the one who opens blind eyes. But it's not just physically speaking, it's spiritually speaking as well. That Jesus came to open our eyes spiritually. That while we may be able to see in the natural, spiritually we're blind, we're walking in darkness. But Jesus has come so that we can see the light of day. The idea of miracles, healing, can be very difficult. It can be challenging. This, this one in particular. And, and I know I could have easily passed this, this by and went on to a different one. 
But I believe there's something for us to, to grab a hold on to. One, to, 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 to struggle a little bit and to see there are things that, that we need to wrestle with. But yet to ultimately see that, that no matter what, that God's power and God's glory is going to be on display. That there can be times where miracles are difficult to understand. Why, Jesus, did you spit on the ground and do that? I don't know. Why did you call this person to do that? Why did you call that person? I don't know. I don't understand all of those things. But ultimately, that's where faith comes in, that I don't have to understand everything because that's faith. When I don't understand everything, when it doesn't make sense, Sometimes healings happen right away. Sometimes they happen over a course of time. Stories of miracles are there to give us hope. Like little Roxley Doss. And the tumor just, poof, it's gone. A blind man receiving sight. There's stories that have been healed people instantaneously. But then there's stories of people that are healed over time. That it doesn't happen right away, that, that it happens in stages. Or the miracle in and of itself is the miracle of sustaining. That God is giving me strength through this time. I, I, I understand that there can be challenges when it comes to walking in our faith. God never said this was going to be easy and that it's just we just walk through it with never a question or never a concern. And that's one of the other reasons why I wanted to speak on this passage to understand that it's okay to have questions. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to wrestle with things. But ultimately, we still have faith in God. Even though things don't make sense or we still don't fully understand why or how or all of those things, but that's where faith comes into play. That even in my questions, I still have faith. It's been a little bit of a discouragement to me over the past several weeks where I have seen Christian leaders come out and denounce their faith. Openly denounce their faith. The reason why they're denouncing their faith is because they were never built on a strong foundation. It's normal and natural to have questions about your faith. I've said this on Wednesday night, I believe, several times and maybe on a Sunday morning, but I... I question, honestly, I question people that never question their faith. That just, that, man, I just never, never have a doubt, never have a question, anything like that. I think there should be a little bit because we're believing for a God that we don't see that there should be a little bit of internal questioning from time to time. But just because I have questions, that doesn't mean that I just completely turn my back on it. That means I've got to go deeper into it. Then I need to dig deeper into God's word and see what is your word revealing to me? How can I build my foundation even stronger? Because I know the enemy is trying to pull me away and trying to turn. And that's why my heart breaks when I see these Christian leaders come out and turn their back because their faith was not built on the solid rock of the word of God. The enemy is going to try and destroy what God is doing and what God is working in our lives. And I believe this is a time where we have to dig in deeper. And and sometimes waiting on a miracle can cause us to question our faith. To to cause us to have moments of, God, are you really there? You you did it for this man. Why didn't you do it for me? Why did you do it for Roxley? And why didn't you do it for that other girl? I don't know. I wish I had an answer. But the best answer that I have is that ultimately God is in control. 
And I know every person will be made whole on the other side of eternity. Well, how do I get to the other side of eternity? Jesus. That while I'm here on on this earth, while I'm walking on this planet, I'm going to trust in him. That there may be questions and, 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 and doubts that may enter my mind for a moment. But honestly, saying, God, I trust in you. I don't understand it all. I don't know why. But I don't have to have all the questions to why. I need to know who. You are the God that restores my soul. You are the one who opened my eyes spiritually. Healings can be mysterious. I can't put it any other way than that. Whatever we're encountering in life, but there is one thing for certain. We can encounter Jesus. His power, his work, his glory is on display for us to see in the immediate or even through the sustaining to strengthen us over time, to endure what we're going through. Sickness and disease affect us all. But our hope and confidence is in Jesus, not only as our healer, but as our sustainer, the one who gives us strength, the one that we can rely on, the one that we can turn to. This past week, I, I shared on, uh, on Wednesday night that, that my nephew... Um, has received some not great news from the doctors. We don't know exactly what that means. We don't know anything really yet, but it just doesn't look good. And in that moment when I got the news, it just took me back. But as I was sharing with, with my dad, he and I were talking about it, I, I, my faith actually began to rise in that moment. I, I, I didn't... I didn't run and say, oh my God, God, why aren't you in control? Why did you let this happen? I said, God, I know you're in control. I don't want this to, to, to potentially, this road for my nephew to walk down. But I trust in you. I trust that you are the stainer. I, sustainer. I trust in you that you are going to provide. I don't have all the answers. I don't know why everything happens the way they do. But I know you. And I know you've always been with me. I know that you have never left me. (laughs) I know I have left. I know I have walked away. But you've always been right there. You might be going through a time in your life where maybe you're questioning things. Then maybe as we're going through this series on miracles, you're like, I've been praying and waiting for a miracle for I don't know how long. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but I, I know that God is with you. And I hope that, that your faith would, would be on the rise, that you, your hope would be restored in God to know that he is ultimately with you. All across the room, if you would, if you would close your eyes, I just want to take this moment to, to encourage and to pray over you. I love stories of miracles. <laughs> I love stories of Roxley. I love hearing stories of individuals that are instantaneously healed where they come together and 
it's just, it's done. The doctors are baffled. Seeing this man blind from birth, boom, he has sight. Oh, that's, that's so encouraging. But I know there might be some of you here today that you're, you've been seeking God for a miracle for a long time. And I don't know why the situation has happened to you. And maybe you've questioned, and maybe, maybe you even had a doubt or two. It's normal. But I want to encourage you this morning to turn all of your eyes, all of your heart, everything to Him to continue to sustain you. That without Him with you, by the, you probably wouldn't have made it this far. Maybe that's the healing. I think of Paul and the affliction that he went through. God could have taken that away, but yet it, God sustained him and it proved to Paul that God was with him every step of the way. I don't know why things happen in certain timelines, but I trust in God. And I, and I hope that you today would be encouraged and inspired to trust in him more than you ever have before. God, I pray for every single person here this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak right now pray that you speak to hearts and lives. I pray, God, for those that, that may be going through times of discouragement and question and doubts because they've been seeking for, for a long time. God, we're praying and we're believing for miracles to happen. We know that you can do it in a blink of an eye. We're praying for that. We're believing for that. We have faith. We also know that your time is different than ours that you work in ways that are mysterious to us. And I am thankful that your ways are mysterious because that proves that you are God. Because if we could understand you, well, then you probably wouldn't be God. Thank you for having a bigger picture, a bigger view of life. Thank you, God, that, that you ultimately are in control of everything. Thank you, God, to, that whatever we're walking through, we know that you are walking with us sustaining us and maybe that's the miracle that we hold on to that you're walking with us maybe it's been a year five years 20 30 i don't know how many years but that's the miracle in of itself god i pray that we would be a people that just hold on to your word and your truth Lord, I pray today for anyone that, that is walking through life with any sense of fear, that they wouldn't fear any longer. That what fear is trying to do to hold them back and to keep them down, that they would find freedom and liberty in your name. That we see your word and not question, but hold on to it. To see your promise as you've spoken it. God, I pray for miracles. I believe you for miracles. Miracles in relationships, miracles in finances, miracles for physical touch and healing. I don't know the need of every single person, but you do. And I trust you. I trust you. And maybe this morning that's what you need to say. God, I trust you. I trust you. 
do the work that only you can do in our lives. Holy Spirit, minister in a way that only you can. In every area of our lives, we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.